Welcome everyone to the Soulful Veda podcast. It's your co-host Angelica here and I'm in just the best mood this week. So last night I went to one of my first outdoor live music concerts in a very, very long time. I went to go see Lord Huron at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and it was absolutely magical. Live music is something near and dear to my heart and it's so essential to my well-being that it's been really a struggle during the pandemic to not be able to go to as many concerts as I like to go well really any for a very long time Um, but it's something that I do regularly and it felt so good to be back in that space and for those who don't live in LA and you think a cemetery is a weird place to have it it was actually the perfect setting there's so much grassy fields where everyone could sit and get a perfect shot of the stage and it's just all in nature One of the things I love about LA so much is all the palm trees. And it was just a picturesque view of seeing all the palm trees against the stage. It was so beautiful. Um, If you follow us on Instagram at Soulful Veda, you can check out the pictures that I have from it. And I'm also kind of running on a high this week because I'm cleansing and experimenting with the cleanse that we're going to roll out in November. And cleansing is so important to our health because it really helps us to clear toxins that we build up in our system, especially for those that deal with chronic conditions. It can truly transform your mind, body, and soul to the next level. And that has been my case with cleanses. When I was dealing with my chronic conditions like IBS and amenorrhea, like leaps and bounds in a short amount of time during a cleanse. And what I love about fall cleanses is that it clears out all the toxins from summer. And a lot of times I even get imbalances that are pizza related, which is related to the summer weather. So any type of imbalance that's related to the liver, like inflammation, acne, weight gain, feeling anger or frustrated, being critical or blaming to others, all this is stored in the liver. And if we just carry on these toxins into the next season, then we're kind of just building more toxins on top of one another until it gets to be a problem where like, oh my gosh, I have this deeper imbalance. So that is one of the reasons why I love cleansing. And specifically, this cleanse is going to be facilitating toxins out of the liver that hold us back from being our best selves for lack of better words, but also from eliminating these imbalances that can really hold us back, chronic conditions, inflammation, all that type of stuff. So more info to come, but if you want to get on our wait list, we'll have a link in the show notes for that. And we are so excited for today's episode. Um, We have our guest, Rachel from Pure Generators and Human Design is a system that you've heard Rachel and I talking about a lot on this podcast and something that we have loved diving deeper into throughout the years. Rachel and I are just amateurs in the sense that we haven't gotten formal training, but we've done a lot of education over the past years. And of course, trying it out through our own experiences and embodying it to really validate it that it feels true for us. So if you are whole new, if you are new to human design, it is a system based on things like the Kabbalah and astrology and the chakra system so that you can really understand what your unique soul blueprint is and how to navigate your life to feel totally fulfilled and happy and joy and all that good stuff. So it's in total parallel with all the other things that we do here at Soulful. And it's just fun to learn about. So if you have not heard about human design before and want to dive in deeper, I recommend diving into episode 20 with our dear friend Katie Calder talking about all the human design types. That is a great place to start. And 
For those that want to dive deeper, this is the perfect episode for you to go into it. So if you already kind of had the foundations, you know your type, your authority, and your strategy, then we talk about a lot of different things on this podcast episode that I'm really happy to share. But first, I come to talk about how Rachel and I have used our human design types in our business. So I am a projector and Rachel is a manifesting generator. So how I use my energy type as a projector, projector is actually a non-energy type is what they call it in human design, meaning I don't have this engine to generate consistent energy day in and day out. And that has been so true for me because as you know, I talk about all the time that one of my threads is burnout. Sometimes I do too much and I get in the mode of that and I exhaust myself. And that is because I'm a nine energy type. So it's been really helpful for me to understand that as a projector and understand that my rest, my meditation, my sound healings and acupuncture and all types of healing sessions are essential to our success at Soulful and also my fulfillment as a human being. So it's those times and rest where it's actually more productive because I'm able to refuel my take and recharge. So I have the energy to do the things that I love to do, like create. Otherwise, when I'm trying to create from an exhaustion, a place of exhaustion, I feel frustrated. I get anger. The content doesn't come out just right. I disconnect from my audience. So it's just been leaps and bounds for me to be able to rest and meditate more. Another thing that projectors are amazing at is that they are masters, they are guides, and they are tweakers. They like to make things more efficient and run better. So I love to be a master at my own craft, uh, being an Ayurvedic practitioner, Reiki master, 500-hour yoga instructor, and now just studying Vedic astrology. But if there's anything to do with the Vedas, it's me. I love it. I love learning more about it and diving as deep as I can and really respecting the tradition and the lineage and getting proper education um, from teachers who have that respectful lineage as well. And I love to guide. I love, I lead all of our new moon ceremonies. I lead all of our Reiki certifications and I lead our one-on-one healing consultations. It is just what I love to do and what I feel really called to do. Now, Rachel is a manifesting generator. So she is an energy type, meaning that she has that engine that can kind of go a little bit longer than me, which is a really amazing distinction that we've made in our business. And always a reminder we have to come back to. But Rachel will get this urge for all these creative ideas and she'll get in this creative mode and create a shit ton of content in a short amount of time. So yesterday she actually was on the phone with me and she's like, okay, I created some IG posts and I put them in our grid, you know, just a few there. And she's like, I think it was like 12. And she's like, don't get overwhelmed. She knows that, you know, she can work a little bit faster sometimes than me in certain senses. So she always doesn't want to put that burden on me. And so she goes in there and she's like, oops, it was actually 24 posts. And I just laugh because she probably did this within like just a couple of hours and just like totally knocked it out. Um, But that's her living by her design, right? She loves to create and bring things into fruition. So she is a creator. She is quick to learn things and she's a jack of all trades. So Rachel kind of likes to dip her toes in a little bit of everything. She's a holistic practitioner, a yoga instructor, Reiki master, yoga nidra. Now she's tapping into the gene keys. Like she always likes to have her hand in all the different pots and try it and make it fun and spontaneous. And that's just truly in her MG fashion. So how we work together is sometimes I create that fuller idea. So for example, earlier this year when we came out with the chakra course, I had this download, like I want a 
a chakra course. I want everyone to know about the chakras, to learn about it and educate it. And I came up with all the things that I wanted in there. And then Rachel actually like organized it, actually put it into a system on our platform so that people could purchase it. And then they could move through the course that was accessible and visually aesthetically pleasing and all that good stuff. So that's just one small example of how we work together. But I think that can be really expansive for those who are just dipping their toes into human design and wanting to know how you can use your human design types. Okay. So this episode, wow. We loved having this conversation with Rachel because the way that she shares human design is empowering you to try it in your own body, to experience it yourself and validate it that way. And that is basically what the Veda says. Vedic wisdom always says, validate it through direct experience. That's the only way that we know what the truth is. So we love that she preaches this. One of the topics that we talked about in this episode was actually how do projectors and manifesting generators work together in a really aligned way. So we loved having that conversation with her. We also talked about what the new paradigm of human design means. So if you're deep in human design land, you've been hearing that we're in this new paradigm. And basically we relate to how this works with third dimensional, fourth dimensional and fifth dimensional reality. Again, this is more deeper topics. If you are in the spiritual world, you've heard of them before. And it was amazing to hear Rachel talk about how that's all connected. What does this new paradigm really mean? How can we live more in this four-dimensional or five-dimensional state? And how do we know when we're experiencing like a third-dimensional reality in our lives? We also talk about the difference between a non-emotional versus emotional authority. So this is an aspect of your human design, and you can actually pull up your human design chart by going to my human design, and we'll have that linked in the show notes. Um, And this will tell you if you're, it'll say emotional or non-emotional authority. And this is just one aspect that we go into the episode, but I would recommend just having your chart up while you're listening to the podcast, because it'll be really easy to navigate, to make those connections. And then try it on your own body and mind and soul and see how it resonates with you. So without further ado, just sit back, pull up your chart and have fun listening to this episode. And one more thing, we would absolutely love to connect with you, our listeners. So if you don't already follow us on Instagram, give us a follow at Soulful Veda. There's two L's in full. And just shoot us a message on what your favorite episode of this podcast has been. We would just love to talk to you and put a face to the name. All right, to this episode. Welcome to Soulful Veda's podcast. We are Ayurvedic health coaches that heal imbalances in the mind, body, and spirit. We are here to guide you on your healing journey with soulful wisdom and higher intuition. You are your best healer and your moment to connect your highest self is now. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to the Soulful Veda Show. We are so happy that you are back with us for another episode and we're so excited for our guest today. Um, Rachel here, she is Pure Generator on Instagram and we are so excited to have a human design expert here for us. So thank you for being here, Rachel. Thank you for having me. And we're going to kick this episode going way deep right away and we love to hear from you when was the first time you felt something either spiritually or felt like you were connected to something bigger than yourself? Yeah, I would say that while there was like an undercurrent of that my entire life, 
the point at which I became aware of it was very sudden and very clear to me. And that was when I met what you might call my twin flame. There's a lot of kind of distortion around that concept, but, um, for me, it was meeting this other person that I felt shared this soul resonance that was really clear, like really, really complimentary and similar to mine. And it just made me aware that there was a lot more out there than I thought there was previously. Wow. I'm so curious to hear more. How did you meet your twin flame? And when did you know that they were your twin flame? Maybe not even having that language for it yet, but just knowing yeah. that there's that this force is more than what I've experienced before. Yeah, it was it was kind of a mutual thing. It was, well, we, we worked together and I met him when I first started working, uh, at this company and I felt something really intense and the way I always describe it. And I've talked about this a couple of times recently after not talking about it for a while, but I was sitting next to him and all of a sudden it was like all of the cells in my body kind of started breathing at like with the universe. So I think there's a lot of different ways that you can have that experience, but that was the one that I had. And for some reason I knew it had to do with him, even though I didn't know him at all. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. And I immediately was like, I want no part of this, shut it down. So I kind of ignored it. Cause I was like, I don't know who this person is. This is not like a person that I would typically be connected to or interested in. I don't really know what's going on here. Um, but a few months later, we did actually get to know each other as human beings and just felt very, very drawn to each other. And as we got to know each other more and I guess started a, what we might call a normal romantic relationship, there was just something. It was like both of us were just like, this is different. I, it was like we kept looking at each other being like, what are you? Like, what, what are you? Because it was like not a normal human thing. And then me being me, I did a lot of Googling because I was just like, I'm trying to figure this out. And I was like, soulmate, I was like going, going kind of down that rabbit hole. And then I found this term twin flame. And I just kind of like, I don't even remember doing this, but I just punched that into Facebook for some reason. Cause I was like, maybe there's some other people having this experience. This was like seven years ago. I don't even use Facebook anymore, but I was like, maybe there's someone else out there. And I came across this group on Facebook of all of these other twin flame people. And what they were describing was exactly what I was describing. And so that kind of launched me off on this journey of understanding what this was connecting with all of these people all over the world. And a lot of them became really good friends of mine over time. Just this was what we had in common. And yeah, that kind of was the beginning of, I guess, like my spiritual journey, because that theme kind of opened me up to all of these other things. First, I'm laughing so hard that you are on like a Facebook forum finding out about twin flames. That's <laughs> so funny, but also like so retro and vintage of you. Like, were the people that you found on there, like, did you, were those the people that you're so like friends with that you found the spiritual route or is that just kind of like the portal that opened up the floodgates for you? I am still in contact with some of those people and they are still my friends. Um, I kind of expanded beyond that, I guess it was kind of like the portal, but yeah, it was really fascinating to get in this, these spaces where there were these people who were just, it was like, they were having all the same feelings I was feeling their people that they'd met were saying the exact same like sentences that my 
person that I had met was saying to me, like the dynamic was the exact same. And these were people like, we weren't the same age. We weren't the same race. We weren't from the same place. We weren't in the same sort of socioeconomic like environment. It was just so universal. So I think that's what really caught my attention and kind of made me think like, oh, there's something to this. Like there's something much deeper going on. This isn't just like a bunch of people who've read the same thing. We all kind of like stumbled upon this ourselves. Totally. And then how did that lead you to like go into more, I guess you could say like the spiritual realm? Like what was like the next thing that you wanted to learn and expand upon? Yeah. Well, (laughs) the way that these twin flame things were going, at least back then, I think things, some things have improved and changed just in the general, like collective environment, but pretty much none of us were able to like have an actual relationship with this person. There was just like stuff that was getting in the way. And so what it became very clear to all of us was, okay, there's some healing that has to happen. There's clearly some stuff like it really has a way of just like showing you all the issues that you have in a very efficient and extreme way. So I was like, well, all right, let's do this healing thing. I guess this is what we're doing now. (laughs) Like, I remember it was like a few months into it and I was like, well, I'm not really making any progress, just trying to make this thing happen. So I just remember like I got out a journal and I was like, all right, I guess we're going to heal. Like we're going to figure this out. So yeah, I was just like, okay, what, what are all these feelings I'm having? What is this like codependency thing? How are these relationships with my family? Why do I have these crappy friends? Like it was just kind of, it was really just like asking those very basic questions about why is my life the way it is? Um, like what, what was my childhood? Like, what was all of that? And so from there, yeah, it kind of expanded into, seeing that some of these things were happening on other levels, like, oh, maybe there's like past lives, past life things here. And then people are like, oh, I'm using tarot. I was like, what's that? All right. Tarot. And then, um, yeah, just kind of like energy work. Okay. That so crystals, uh, just all of these things kind of like the, the sort of entry level, like more physical sort of three-dimensional spiritual things that we think of. And yeah, I think from there, I just got in contact with like, what's my soul and what am I here to do? And what do I like to do? And, um, it, I mean, I didn't find human design until a little over two years ago. So that was kind of the final missing piece that I really had connected to a lot of soul things, but I was having a hard time connecting those to like, how do I actually make decisions as myself in real time with my material life and work life and things like that. So yeah, it was just kind of, a a progression of learning all these tools and really just figuring out like, how do I be present with myself and live like as a soul in a human body, I guess. It's so interesting that you just ask those basic questions. Cause I think sometimes when you have those moments, it's so easy to go find all the tools and modalities and it's overwhelming. Cause there's a million of them out there and you're like, okay, which path do I choose? So you generally started with nothing, right? You literally just wrote in the journal, those questions. And that kind of led you to everything. I think that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, I had a lot of judgment around like new agey stuff. So I don't, I don't think I was actually like, I wasn't really wanting to jump into that. Like I was resisting it as much as possible. And obviously now I love all those things. Like it's, yeah, it's a big part of my life in a lot of ways, but I think in a way that kind of served me a bit (laughs) from getting caught up in things and just sort of staying with the essentials, I guess. Yeah. 
I love that. And the topic that we really are excited to dive in with you today is about the new paradigm in human design. But before we go there, because we have a lot of deep questions in <laughs> true Rachel and Angelica fashion, but how, why, why is this a part of human design that you're drawn to? Like, why does this stick out as something that I know you like to write about and talk about and use in your language? Like what draws you to this specific topic? Yeah. I mean, I think when when I found human design, I didn't really understand that this was part of it. And I don't think I fully understood even the concept as I understand it now. So it's been something that honestly, I've just kind of gotten like downloads about that's the best way to describe it. This is like the most downloaded thing I've ever received just as a soul. I I don't really know why. So I kind of just go with it. Um, but I think that I like understanding the larger context behind while we're doing these things, because it's really easy to get too focused on the tool itself and not really understand like what's the application of the tool and what's the point. I think a lot of people are asking, like, especially right now, what's the point of living here? What's the point of being on earth? What's the point of life as a human? And also why is the world so crazy right now? Because it just is. And I think this new paradigm stuff really answers that question. And additionally, what I think is cool about it is you can find a little seed of it in almost everything you're looking at. Like human design has a little seed. Astrology has a little seed. There's all these different modalities and things that are talking about this. And when you go deep into it, you kind of find out, oh, it's all sort of the same concept. And it's not even actually just these spiritual things. Like I think this is like a seed that science is understanding and even like, I think one of the best places to understand the new paradigm shifts is just like, go to a big newspaper, like the New York times and start looking at what people are writing about because they're, they're also writing about the new paradigm, even if they don't really know it. Um, so to me, it was just like this thing that was happening everywhere. And so it's, it's interesting to look at just the different ways these modalities understand it, but yeah, overall, I just like to understand like what, What's the bigger picture here? I have a lot of questions on that. I'd love to hear some examples of things you're seeing outside of this space. But before we do that, I kind of want to bring it back for everybody. Will you just go through what, what is the new paradigm? Like what's coming in 2027? Why should everybody care? And what is most exciting about it? And also maybe most challenging about it. Yeah. So 2027 comes up in human design as what it is pinpointing is like a really important year for like a shift that we're going through. Um, human design views this as like a physical shift on the energetic level. Like people will be getting, you know, more energy centers. There's a lot of things happening, but different, I guess, uh, like religions, cultures, um, like astrology kind of understand it differently. So I would say the new paradigm, it is part of that 2027 shift in human design. It's also part of 2012 in the Mayan calendar, um, which then like Christianity kind of had its own version of 2012 as well, which was a bit different. Um, And it's even, I would say, kind of going along with Well, and then in astrology, it's this, what they call the procession of the equinoxes, uh, which is like every 2000 years, we sort of have a shift and I won't try to explain it scientifically because I'm not really good at that. So Google procession of the equinoxes, if you want to see about that, but basically it's like certain alignments are um, sort of transiting through different signs and 
it's every 2000 years. So we take on that energy of that era. And so we're moving from the Piscean era to the Aquarian, like the Aquarian age and um, it moves backwards. So that's why it goes from Pisces to Aquarius. Um, but basically it's, yeah, it's kind of just like this, the, this energy that we take on for this certain time period and each of these 2000, it's roughly 2000 years, which is why these different modalities are sort of pinpointing it in different places. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not like a rapture. Uh, like our human minds can kind of start to think of it that way. Like, you know, all of a sudden one day, like the aliens are going to take us up in the ships. <laughs> like it's not, you know, people talk about the new earth. That's also part of this concept. So people are conceiving of it in really different ways, but it's kind of a gradual thing that happens over a period of time. There are sort of in these 2000 plus year cycles, there's transitionary times, which is what I would say we're in right now. And each of those 2000 year cycles adds up to this larger 26,000 year cycle, which was a big part of the Mayan calendar. So the Mayan calendar basically said that 26,000 year cycle ended in 2012. So not only are we sort of entering a new 2000 year cycle, but some of these like ancient cultures and calendars also felt that this was the end of the larger cycle of 26,000 years. So hopefully I explained that. Okay. But there's a lot of, um, just different ways of looking at it, but overall, I would say that we are in just a, a transition into taking on collectively a new energy. And that would be the, the Aquarian age. And can you give us an example of maybe what that looks like and some of the things that will change? And I know this will happen slowly, but, um, what it means to take on collective energy and to have it shift and maybe even what's happening at the personal level to enable that to happen. Yeah. It's pretty easy to see it happening right now in our world. It is gradual, but it's also not gradual when we, we kind of think about it. So the Piscean age, the number one thing that I think of when I think of the Piscean age is hierarchies, but there's also, it's like Christianity. It's this, um, like empathy for people like water and the fish, all of these symbols that really have been, and, and all the religions that are related to Christianity, because really it's like, when you're looking at a lot of the religions that came from that part of the world, they're all kind of a different version of the same thing in a lot of ways. So it's just, this idea of like bending down and helping, you know, helping your neighbor and like humbling yourself and kind of, um, merging into the collective, like some of the, some of the ideas of like, we're all one and like peace. And those are all things that came from the Piscean age, which makes sense. Cause those are kind of part of the, the Piscean energy. Then as we go into the Aquarian age, we're moving away from that. And the idea isn't to reject the past because each of these build on each other. Like it was probably very refreshing to enter the Piscean age after a time of like a lot of war and, um, just kind of like masculine energy. So to be in this Piscean age, of like all this peace, that was also really revolutionary. So now we're entering like a new revolutionary period where it's all about the individual, but the individual's connection outside of a hierarchy. So sort of like a horizontal system where we're all these little unique nodes that are kind of connected together, which is a very Aquarian concept. And then also just 
the idea of technology, that's probably the biggest one. It's kind of hard for us to understand, but when I think about it, it's like there were many hundreds and thousands of years where there weren't a lot of technological advances for humans on earth, I would say. And now the fact that we've seen so much happen in like a hundred years is really a speeding up of this energy. So it's like, you know, my grandfather was born in 1910. Obviously he's not alive anymore. He would be very old, but it was like, he grew up walking around the streets with like no technology and like push carts. And then all of a sudden, by the time he dies, it's like, we're all on the internet all the time. So that's like a crazy leap for just like one generation to live through. And so, yeah, it's just kind of this, this idea of connection and air element as opposed to water and information and empowerment through information and decentralization. So where the Piscean age was all about these hierarchies. So basically everything has to be centralized and you have your place in that hierarchy. Now it's like, we're tearing down those hierarchies and decentralizing all the power that was in those so that everyone's kind of occupying this different area. But when we all come together, then we sort of create the whole. Mm, Okay. That makes sense. And you talked about it from the the ages of the different Zodiacs, but I know this is also, and correct me if I'm wrong, like has something to do with the age of the rising Phoenix. Right. And this is a little selfish of me because this is my incarnation cross the 2034, 55, 59. So I'm like, okay, I want to know all about it, but how does that play into things? And what's the actual term for it? It's the right angle cross of the sleeping Phoenix, I think is, is that right? Yeah. Honestly, this is something that I'm still kind of diving into with human design. So I'm definitely not an expert on it, but the general idea between like that transition is just very similar to all of these things that we're feeling. It's, it's this same energy of moving from this more like hierarchical structure to this more. And, and I think it's, well, yeah, it's just to this more like open, um, really like human design is one of the most new paradigm tools there is because it's basically saying every single person is different. And that is just like a fact of, of our world and our world hasn't been built around that. So by taking human design and using that, we're basically tearing down those hierarchies that were saying this, this way is the best way to be, because probably if we looked at the Piscean hierarchy, we could apply that to the human design chart and say like, well, it's best to have this center defined and this one defined and this, and we want the good traits of each type. You know, we want the ability to, uh, initiate like a manifester, but work just as many hours as a generator, but have the big picture, like a projector and, be able to understand like everything that's going on, like a reflector. So it, like, that's kind of what the hierarchy has done for us. And now we are just like moving sort of out of that energy into, uh, this more like collective energy, I would say. And that's reflected in those two crosses, but yeah, I actually, I'm still kind of learning about the two. So yeah. So seriously, yoga has completely changed my life. 
I first started my yoga practice from a really physical standpoint. I was a dancer my whole life, and I love the alignment of the postures and feeling connected to my mind and body. It made total sense that I would eventually do my 200-hour teacher training and become a yoga instructor. But what really changed me on a soul level and completely took my teaching skills to the next level was when I got certified in my 300-hour yoga teacher training program. I learned that there's so many other facets to yoga other than the asanas, the postures like proper meditation techniques, breath work, Kriya, Kundalini, Ayurveda, deep yogic philosophy. I came back with a wealth of knowledge, but more importantly, a complete transformation and who I was as a person and as a yoga instructor. So that's why I completely endorse and am behind you furthering your yogic studies from a teacher that respects the lineage and has the talent and skills. So if you're looking to deepen your yogic studies, look no further than Charlotte Munn's Yoga School's 300-hour teacher training program. So this program is going to be for you if you're only looking to up-level on a holistic level. So yes, you want to deep dive into anatomy, but also yin yoga, meditation, yoga sutras, Ayurveda. Plus, there's a whole module on how to include diversity and inclusivity in your yoga room. Also, this teacher training program is run by one of my favorite people, Charlotte Munn. She was one of my first yoga instructors and led my first teacher training program. She is otherworldly as a teacher and a human being. So if you want to experience her magic, just check out episode 54. You will totally laugh and be totally inspired by the way that she delivers yoga. And that's what she brings in her rooms. She makes yoga hilarious, accessible, fun, and deep while totally respecting the lineage. This program starts on March 11th, and you will meet for weekend intensives each month. You can do this over Zoom, or it's so exciting, if you are in LA, you can do these in person. If you want to find out more details, just find the link in the bio, and if you are interested and want to hear it from me, please DM us on our Instagram account at SoulfulVeda. I love connecting with all of you, and I would love to help you in taking the next step in your yoga teacher training journey. All right, back to this episode. Cool. And one of the the things I hear about too, sometimes, and maybe this is more on the superficial level, but like they're almost being a superpower in the new paradigm or you can think about things and they way more quickly manifest than perhaps in the past. So people talking about how they could change their physicality or have things instantly show up in their lives. And obviously in this age of instant gratification, we're like, Ooh, that sounds amazing. Like I used to have Google at my fingertips. And now that same thing is happening from my brain and my thoughts into reality. So I'd love your, your take on that. And what's, what's happening there. Is that a thing or just shine some light on that whole concept? Yeah, I would say so. The other part of all of this is that the earth has been transiting through these, these eras, these ages for a long time, but with this, like the, the, like finalizing this 26,000 year cycle, sort of like the Mayans talked about, it is like a goal moving into a golden age. We are definitely not in the golden age yet because yeah it'll look a lot different once we actually get there, but we're not just, we're not just entering this Aquarian age because all of these ages have like a, they have a, like a shadow side and a light side. So that's a lot of like the fear that we're seeing around technology and things like that. Like everything Elon Musk does, there's always a lot of people up in arms about, you know, this is, you know, transhumanism, all of these things. So there's like, 
if we were just going in that direction and we weren't actually increasing our like going up in consciousness, then we'd kind of just be like entering another, another cycle as human beings kind of as we are. But I don't think that's actually what's happening. I feel that the earth itself, along with us, because we are of the earth is actually like raising up in consciousness. So we're going from just being like a third dimensional place to a fifth dimensional place. And I don't really know where it goes beyond that because, well, it's going to take a while to get there. So I don't think any, I think all of us are kind of on a need to know basis with this type of thing, because potentially we could go like higher to different densities, but right now we're just trying to get to the fifth. And so as we get out of like the third density, things are becoming lighter. Like I would say the fourth density is where a lot, like our thought forms live and our collective thought forms. And I would say that that's a lot of what we're seeing right now. We are entering fourth density consciousness. And that's where we're seeing like a lot of polarity and thinking and why it does really feel like the world is kind of like splitting into two worlds. You hear that a lot in sort of like the new age thing. And it's like, well, what does that mean? You know, do people just disappear? There's a lot of like confusion about what happens with that. And I don't think so. I think it's just that as we sort of transit through 4D, because it's like a transitional place that you move through, they're like people you, you awaken your third eye awakens, you become aware of all of these like conspiracies and truths and different things, but there's still like polarity there. And so then from there, we'll move into the fifth density, which is where we sort of get like a, a much more expansive view. I would call it like the, the place of unconditional love, which to me just means the place of pure presence. So it's like, you're aware of everything that's going on. And instead of having to like sort yourself into one side or the other, you can kind of just be like, okay, this is the, this is truth. There's a lot of different truths going on. There's a lot of different things going on. And so that's something that's also happening as part of this new paradigm. And so there's like a lot of different levels of this. It's not just a transition into a new energy. It's also a transition into like a completely different density. Have you read the law of one or heard of it? Yeah, I have. I have read, I haven't like read it a lot, but I have read it. And I was just recently talking about it with a friend because we were talking about um, these different densities. And so I think that book does a really good job of like talking about this type of thing. And I would say it probably is coming from fifth density sort of awareness. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking when you were talking about the densities and moving through them. It's a really good, and they talk about like the harvest period, which you were talking about, like after you get through and they talk about their cycles, I think they're like in 25,000 year increments. Um, but for our listeners, the law of one was channeled by a six dimensional being called Ra. Um, and they channeled this actually in the eighties and they were talking about this time and how it's a really important time for us to raise our consciousness as a collective, but it's kind of like, we have to have a certain amount of people that are going to raise their consciousness together in order for us to move forward. And yeah, you, you can't just be like, Oh, peace out. I'm 5d now. And like everyone else is like left behind. Like it's all about us working together. And I think that is so interesting that like the dichotomy that we constantly have of like, Yes, be our authentic soul and individualization, but also at the same time, let's do all of that together. There's like that harmony between them. So I, I love that piece that you have. And I think also what I've recently been thinking about 
was how we kind of forget. Like, I don't think it's kind of like today I'm 4D and then tomorrow I'm 5D. Yippity you. I think it's like a gradual thing where like I constantly like forget sometimes that I'm a 5D person and I'm shown the polarity of what is not love and connection and that I have to go through those challenges in order to experience that. So do you think, is it from my own understanding, like when 2027 happens, so is that kind of the time where like we stabilize and we're more 5D and we have less of these tendencies to experience maybe like the negative polarity and more of like the service to ourself tendencies that we have. And it's more like, okay, now we're at this base level foundation. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be really curious to see what happens, honestly, because on some levels it kind of feels like, oh, it's, not, I thought we'd be further by now, but then at other levels, it's like, oh, this is happening really quickly. So yeah, I think it's like, we're still in third dimensional bodies. Like that's just the reality of like this planet right now that could change eventually. I think we're a long time from that, but yeah, like anyone who's kind of saying like, I'm in 5d, so I'm better than you. It's just like, that, that's not how it works. Like no one is in 5d all the time. I have the exact same experience as you, where it's like, I'm constantly kind of going between all the different densities in my just life experience. And I think that's kind of just what we're supposed to be doing right now. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, 2027, I guess it's like six years. I I have no idea what it's going to look like, but I think that it's exactly what you're saying, that that connection to those densities is becoming much more possible for all of us because exactly. It's like, it's not just something that one that you can just achieve on your own. It's like, we're really relying on everybody to be a part of this. And not only that, but the earth, I like what I kind of think and what keeps me like optimistic during these times is that the earth is going there too. And we can't stop that. Like it's taking us with it. So there really isn't an option. People can resist all they want. We'll go through a lot of these difficult cycles. We'll see a lot of really difficult things happen, but ultimately like the trajectory is in that direction because it kind of has to be, there isn't really a choice. So I just feel like things are going to a higher density and there will be a lot of messiness along the way, but more people just are waking up. That just is what's happening. And so, yeah, it's like everyone has their little piece of kind of bringing in this new energy and like situating it here because we're in our bodies and that's what we're here for. And yeah, I think it'll just be like more accessible by them, but yeah, I don't really know. It'll be interesting to see how it is manifesting on the planet. And I think it's interesting. It's, it's even funny to look in our smaller circles and see this happening with people. And I love the term wake up, but it's, it's funny when you have conversations with people and they're like, oh, this is kind of something I've seen all along. Like for example, a friend's dad was like, oh, I've, I've been seeing spirits my whole life, but I've really never mentioned it. And it scares me and whatever. Or you hear stories like that, where people have just never felt comfortable talking about it. And so in my opinion, I feel like the two biggest things are just going to be one people just sharing more from an authentic place. Like here's what I'm experiencing. Here are the things that I'm going through. Here's the different stuff that I'm working on and making that more normal for people to talk about and share and to embolden and empower other people by sharing, you know, their journeys with that. And I think the second piece is really getting deep into maybe not understanding our emotions, but learning how to operate 
within the emotional field without getting totally like sucked in by it or from the, you know, polar end of that completely resisting them. And I think that's why, I don't know if you've been feeling that, but Angelica and I have been talking about that for, I feel like for the last year, it's probably just been the last few months and we're (laughs) being dramatic, but things have felt very like emotional and turbulent. And even when nothing's directly going on in my life, like feeling that very heavily and being like, what the hell is this? Why is this happening? (laughs) And I feel like that's a huge piece of it is learning how to kind of sail in that ocean and figure out how to, you know, stay on top and really ride those waves. Yeah, I feel like that's very accurate. And honestly, like for my awakening, the number one thing was just learning how to deal with my emotions. That seems to be like the foundation of this entire thing, because that is such a distorted field on this planet. And honestly, I'll watch like I watch a lot of documentaries and read read a lot of news and I look at it and I'm like, hmm. Like, is it politics or is it just like emotional distortion? Like the two things are, are kind of the same a lot of the time. And I'm just like, would we really be having that war if like these people hadn't grown up in a war and had all this emotional trauma? It really just, it, it really is like the beginning. (laughs) So to, to all of this awakening, because if you can't get some perspective on that and learn how to move that energy for yourself. It's like, you just can't get outside of yourself. I would say like, you can't get any other higher density energy into your being. So yeah, I definitely think it's the number one, most important thing you can do is just like write in your journal, go to therapy, get whatever help you need with that kind of thing and just practice it because it's absolutely one of the things that like holds us back the most. And yeah, there's just like, it's, it's like, you know, in human design, we all have different styles of our, you know, you can have a defined solar plexus or an undefined. It's really, ultimately it's like the same thing. It's just, that's the different how of dealing with it. But that idea of, of like just learning how you're designed to work with emotion and getting really good with that over time is like absolutely key. So I think you're, a hundred percent on track with that, because that seems to be just like the biggest problem that's causing a lot of the violence and difficulties on this planet right now. I love that you said between having emotional authority and not having emotional authority is like basically the same thing. Cause that's, what's always been really confusing to me. We Rachel and I both don't have emotional authority and that always resonated for us because we haven't been like we're able to, we've always been kind of able to separate from emotions, but at the same time, if you look at like our astrology charts, like all emotion, like mm-hmm. all, all intuition. And so that was always really confusing to me. I was like, well, I obviously like feel a lot of emotions all the time, but like that extra step of really separating that, like I'm taking on this from a collective or taking this on from someone else. But at the same time, it is my responsibility to process these emotions and correct me if I'm wrong. And then from the emotional authority standpoint, it's yes, of course, taking responsibility for your emotions, but at the same time processing it at the, at the same time too, which is like that key, um, that they have in common. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I'm also an undefined solar plexus person. Actually mine's completely open. I have no gates. So yeah, it's like, at first you're like, oh, so I have this undefined. So that means I'm like not an emotional person. It's like, no, like 
a lot of everyone I think is, is a pretty emotional person, honestly, just because there's so much emotional energy out there. And if half the population is generating emotions constantly, then of course the other half is going to be feeling those emotions constantly. So, yeah, I think it is, it's kind of just like, it's like in a responsibility and awareness thing. It's like emotional authority. People have the responsibility to be connected to what they're feeling and undefined emotional people also have the responsibility to connect to that, but to recognize, like to kind of observe and release. And so, yeah, it's really the same process. It's just like a slightly different way of doing it. And actually like I had a story that I shared recently about my stepson who has a super defined solar plexus. So it's like a a hard energy for me to be in a lot of times. And he came in late one night, just absolutely freaking out about coronavirus and just, just having a lot of anxiety. Like, I think that was what he was pinning it on in that moment, but he just has a lot of anxiety and he's just going on and on and like, and this, and my dad's not trustworthy and no one's being safe. And I was just like, uh, okay. Like part, part of me wanted to just amplify, be like, Oh God, this is so uncomfortable. Like, ah, like get out of here. Like, Oh, I don't want to deal with this. But I was like, okay, like it's not mine. So I can just like, I can mirror it back to him. Okay. What, like, why are you feeling this? What, what is making you think that this is true? Because in my mind, I'm like, this is not true. This is not like, there is no proof to the statement that he's saying. He can't think of an example. So I was like, well, where is it coming from? He was like, emotion. I was like, okay. So, which I was like, okay, I'm impressed. Like, good job. He's like 17. I was like, yeah, that's nice. And I was like, okay, well, you know, emotion is, it tells us a lot of things, but it doesn't tell us, it doesn't always give us like the empirical truth. It doesn't always tell us like that this is actually going on. So maybe can you think, think, think to maybe why, like what, where, where's that, what, what's that experience you've had that made you feel that way? So then he did some thinking and then he was like, okay, yeah, I I didn't have the right, I didn't have the right information that that wasn't accurate. And I was like, okay, see, that's, that's the way that should work. It's like, he is giving me a really good schooling in, you know, feeling emotion and recognizing it for what it is and letting it go and letting it inform us, like make us aware of things. And I'm giving him kind of a lesson in not believing that that's like the truth all the time and maybe interrogating those emotions a bit and feeling into like the source of them. So yeah, I think that would be like the ideal way that, that those would operate, but ultimately it's kind of the same thing. And I guess for someone to be an empath, do you think that oftentimes they're the people with more open centers? Because I think a lot of people are starting to really identify with this idea, like, oh, I'm an empath. I feel a lot of people's feelings. I'm really sensitive and um, using it as a gift, which I think is a beautiful and empowering thing, but also, and maybe using it a gift, is it like taking too much of it on rather than just letting it go and deciding like, Hey, this isn't mine. I'm no longer going to get super bent out of shape about somebody else's anger where they're feeling this in their body because it can help them. It's like, Oh, let's help them help them. And then actually I'm going to let this go because then I'm a clearer channel. Yeah, exactly. There's, I, I feel like both defined emotional people and undefined can be very sensitive, but I do feel that it kind of, it comes through like different places. 
Um, cause really, even if you have a defined solar plexus, almost no one has every single channel defined. I'm sure there are people out there, but I've never seen one. So it's just not very common. So there's always going to be places where we're open, like when we're thinking about our human design charts, but yeah, the empath thing is tricky because some people can kind of take it as like, they, they enter into victim mentality, like, Oh, well, like, but I'm an empath. So of course, you know, I like, I'm giving all my power and I've been there too. Like just I'm giving all my power over to all of this chaos out there. Cause there just is, there just is emotional chaos. They're always, well, there, there will be probably for quite a while. So that's just kind of part of it. But I think exactly what you're saying. It's like the power of the undefined solar plexus or the empath is to like, tell it like it is kind of like what I've found is the most helpful thing I can do when I walk into a room of defined emotional people or undefined people who are like amplifying and just really caught up in the emotion is to be like, okay, so you're feeling this way right now. And then they're like, oh yeah. And then it's like, they can kind of like begin to process it or like, you seem angry, you seem frustrated, you seem disappointed, you seem, so it's like, that's what I try to go through life doing because if I just leave it like in the field, it just kind of like, going around and it just never really gets like moved and, and people who are any place that you have definition, you're just not going to have as much awareness. It's like, you're emitting that. So it's really helpful when there's someone else who is more open or sensitive to that particular thing to be like, I can sense that you're feeling this. And so that to me is like a really good way that an empath can kind of take back their power. Like just put up the mirror, like oh, you're feeling this and this is what's going on. And then it kind of puts the responsibility back on other people who maybe aren't feeling it as much. So I think that's a really good way for an empath to handle that. Just name it, just put it out there. Even if it's just for yourself, like the collective is feeling very like down today and they're like, oh, okay. It's not mine anymore. I don't have to (laughs) fix that for everybody. That's actually really helpful for me because I feel like what I do is try to like read minds at that point. It's like, oh, I can sense somebody's feeling like this. Let me bend myself and assume that it's because of this reason and start to do things like that. And I I love kind of that tip you gave. And it's interesting as we move into new paradigm age, are there things, simple tricks like that or tips where it's like, can we just make things simpler to step into this, this new vibration? So your one example was just calling things out. Like, are there other examples of that where we can use our chart to be empowered to say, okay, I can do these like three little steps for myself, or I know that that's going to put me back into my own energy and kind of live from this stronger place of feeling connected to my higher self. Yeah. I mean, I would say that that's really the beauty of just learning about your design is I think there's a trick like that for probably every single center and I, and your type and all these things. It's little things like today I had someone ask a question, Hey, you said that as you know, a manifestation generator, I'm here to know myself, but I have an undefined G center. So how would I know myself? And I was like, Oh, but you know, I didn't say you're here to define yourself. You're here to know yourself. So you're here to know that you're not here to define yourself. So there's just little, there's kind of like little tricks for each, each center. And the more that you understand about your own, then it's, then there's just like things like, there's kind of like one question you can ask, like you have an undefined root, be like, wait, like, do like, do I have to worry about when that's going to get done? You know, there's like a little question you can ask. Um, and 
or like an undefined throat. That's one that I really struggle with. And I get a lot of messages from people about, and it's just like, wait, you know, do, do I need to attract attention? Do I need to, to say that, you know, do I need to force myself to say something I don't want to say? So yeah, there's like those little hacks that you can ask yourself like 10 times a day. And especially at the beginning, and we're all kind of at the beginning of our deconditioning process, um, just because most people haven't been doing human design for seven plus years or however long they say it takes. And I think it, it can take longer and I think it can take less time in a way too. Um, but yeah, for most of us, it's like, this is new stuff. We weren't raised with it. And so we have to remind ourselves of those little things all the time. I've heard that. And I don't know if this is part of the new paradigm or not, but right now we're moving in an age where more projectors will be kind of going towards like the dominant population. Um, Cause obviously manifestors are more of kind of like a, a dying breed. And I was wondering then where does that place generators and MGs in this new paradigm as we start to kind of like see that population start to shift and what is their role in this new paradigm? Yeah. Can you guys remind me of your human design again? I'm a projector and range is an MG. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I'm not sure exactly like how the percentages will shake out. It does sound like there's going to be more projectors, which would make sense to me. Um, probably the manifestors will kind of stay stable. I don't know exactly where that will stop. And then it would make sense that the majority of the world would still be generators and manifesting generators. I feel like the real magic between projectors and, and sacral beings, generators and MGs is I'm noticing the more that I decondition, the less I want to spend a lot of time figuring out where I should be putting my energy. Cause sometimes it's like, we get really excited about more than one thing. And I was just meeting, I have actually most of the people that I have helped me with my business are projectors at this point, because as time goes on, I'm like, I just want to do my creative stuff. And I don't want to think really hard about like what I should be doing right now versus next week versus next month. So those people as projectors are really good at like, because they have that undefined sacral kind of like we were talking about with the solar plexus, they're very, they can be very wise about like where my energy is. They're like, oh, I can sense that you're frustrated with this thing or, okay, these are all the things that you want to do, which is the one that is feeling like the most, the most energizing for you right now. So I'll just go to those people. I tell them kind of all the things that are like swirling and then they're just like, okay, well, let's figure out here's what comes first. Here's what comes next. Here's what's the most important and basically act as that guy. So that's sort of the way that they would guide that energy. It's like, we're, we're kind of depleting ourselves when we're spending a lot of time thinking like, oh, wait, but I have these 10 things to do. And this happens to everybody, no matter what kind of head and Ajna configuration you have. Cause I have a defined head and Ajna. So in theory, I'm like a consistent thinker, but I still have that problem. And I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about like where my energy is going. So yeah, I mean, ideally we would have like one projector to just a few generators in all situations and have that person be able to, the projector just be able to spend their day, like having generators or MGs come to them and be like, Hey, can you help me piece through like what I'm 
what I'm feeling with my doing energy, like help me work through like what I'm feeling. And they would pick up on that very easily and be able to reflect that back and then help you just kind of get clear. So I think that that's a really important combination in the new paradigm. And obviously projectors can do that for everybody. So it's, it's very helpful. They can do that for manifestors and reflectors and even other projectors. So it's a, it's a magical, it's a magical combination. It's good to have, it's good that you guys both have each other on a project. (laughs) Yeah, it is fun to see in that way. I feel like we, we definitely had that where like, I'll, I'll have like the ideas for things and kind of like having that like fuller picture. Like I pictured that like bird's eye view a lot of the times. And it's funny because Rachel recently was like, it's because we work so closely together and we feed up off each other's energy. Sometimes it's hard for us. We kind of constantly have to be like, no, I'm a projector. And Rachel's like, no, I'm an MG. Like mm-hmm. and, and honoring that because sometimes like Rachel sees me being like projector, like diving deep into learning and investigation and all these type of things. And she's like, Oh, okay. And like gets into that. And like, there's other times where she's creating and like making all these things like beautiful. I'm like, Oh, I want to try doing that. And the more that like, yeah, we honor like what our types are, then we feel like that flow happens a lot. And it's interesting because, um, well, Rachel can speak more on this, but recently Rachel's like, Oh, I forgot. Like, I love to constantly be creating. Like, I just want to be doing things. That's like what makes me come alive. And it's really helpful to hear your piece and saying like the strategy and the plan and kind of giving, okay, what is the thing that she's going to be making with her hands right now? Um, can also be like part of my responsibility too. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think it's funny because I positioned it as waiting to respond, but I think really I was just trying to rest like a projector. And then once I was really going on something, I'm like, whoa, this feels so much better. I'm doing all the things. And I'm like, wow, it was fun to wait and respond. But I think actually I was just picking up on that energy of like, okay, I just need to chill out. And it's like, actually, I don't like chilling out. That gives me a lot of anxiety, um, which maybe there's some conditioning there, but <laughs> It's like, I have a lot of busy energy. I'm like, if it's not busy doing something that's creative and joyful, it's busy creating scenarios that actually don't make me very happy. Most of them living (laughs) in the mind and not real at all. So it was helpful to have that kind of delineation there being like, okay, yeah, this is my energy. (laughs) That's, that's so true. And honestly, the more that I get into this experiment, the more I realize, like, I don't think most of us as generators or MGs have any idea of what it's like to actually be energized by what we're doing all the time. Because I feel like just recently I'm beginning to understand that. And like you, it's funny. I'm like, wait, vacation day off. Why, why would I want like, wait, I'm really enjoying that doing this, like, or I want to be, you know, I want to bring this with me and do this. Like I am honestly just happier when I'm creating and doing something every day, obviously like at the, I actually spend a lot of time relaxing every day, but I don't need that kind of like full relaxation break because that kind it just kind of doesn't feel natural in a way. It's like, I sort of start to lose and then I, like I lose my, my momentum and then I have a very hard time getting back into it. And then I get frustrated. And so I'm like, huh, maybe I don't actually need you know, to rest in that same way. So yeah, it's very, it's very true. And we've just, I, I think most of us have been conditioned by like the five day work week and the two day weekend, which kind of forces us probably into working too much on those five days and then going into this like recovery place, which I think isn't natural for most of us. 
either that five days is too much work for a projector in particular, or it's just too many hours or it's too structured, which I think is often the case for a manifesting generator or generator. And then to just like fall into that break place. I don't think that's correct for most people. I think most of us would structure it very differently and it would look different for everyone. So yeah, I mean, we're kind of taught that from the time that we're really, really young and it's just not really true for most of us. I I think it'll be really cool um, in new paradigm or whenever this happens when people really start to kind of embrace those things. And I still feel like I'm very much practicing sacral response and figuring out, like you said, what lights me up. And probably a lot of people are there, but I was reading something and this is from Instagram. So who knows how true this is? Like 95% of people are second guessing their jobs and their environment. And people are just starting to feel that that sense. It's like, Hey, I'm actually not happy. And just waking up to that, that maybe there's nothing totally like spiritual happening, but it's like, I'm not completely fulfilled. Like, what am I doing here? Just kind of running the rat race and not questioning anything when this is my life and I get to be the creator of it. So I think hypothetically speaking in the future, it'll be really cool for people to start to get innovative about not just technology and things like that, but like what could a workday look like and how could it actually be more productive when we're doing things our own way and we're really honoring the natural ebbs and flows of our energy or the gifts and talents of people. Um, I don't know if you have any insight to that. I know that's very hypothetical, but I think it's kind of fun to play out and like, what could the world look like? Like, what could we create if we had a blank canvas with this? Yeah. And that's honestly like my favorite thing to think about. And I feel like it's kind of been the the center of my experiment over the last two years after leaving like a very structured job with a lot of hours. And I I think as a generator, there was part of that that was satisfying for me. And it wasn't, you know, it didn't destroy me. A a projector who's stuck in that, that can make them very, very ill. And, And the same can happen to generators. It did kind of start to happen for me, but I was able to deal with it for longer, which isn't necessarily a good thing. And so after that, I kind of literally entered this space where I had like no structure with my life. And I was like, there's something about this that I feel is just important because I just want to see like how this sort of plays out. What, what do I, where do I land once I've really deconditioned from that structure? And it wasn't a really good feeling at first. It was actually kind of terrible, but over time it's like, I, at my job, I used to have to like log my time to build a clients and things. And so I just kind of, I started doing that for myself, not to build to anybody, but just to keep track of my time, what I'm doing. And so in hindsight, I also have this channel in my head to Ajna, the 6447, that is about like looking back at the past to understand things. So this would be just a natural thing for someone like me to do. But I, I I was like, well, I'm just going to do this for a while, like six months. And I'm just going to look back and like, see what happens. And I'm going to just going to go fully off of the way that I want to do it. I'm not going to try to like plan anything. And in the end, it's sort of like, I have settled into a rhythm. It's definitely not the one that like a nine to five will give you. It's like, Oh, I work. I like, I stay up until two and I sleep until 10. Cause that's just like my body's natural rhythm. And then, you know, I go straight into working like while having some tea in the morning. And then maybe around noon, I take a break until two or three. And then I work for a few more hours and then I take another break. And then around midnight, I get like a a sudden burst. And then, so it's like, that actually is pretty consistent. Um, but it took a long time for that to kind of emerge. So yeah, I think a lot of people are taking this time to enter into that kind of experiment for themselves. And 
So it will be very different for everybody. And I'm also reading the same thing. Like I feel like every other day there's an article in the New York times about like everyone's leaving their jobs and like there's a labor shortage and that's definitely a new paradigm. I'm very excited for that. So. <laughs> Do you have indirect light as your, I think it's called digestion. I actually don't. I have uh, alternating, so it's not, it doesn't have anything to do. It has more to do with like the uh, sort of like the simplicity of the food and sort of the primitive way of eating. But yeah, I'm definitely a night owl. So I very well could have that. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I ask because I have indirect light and I'm always looking for people to like inspire me because I have so much conditioning behind it. But like, I love, I love the nighttime, love me some nighttime, like working on projects and, and whatnot. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. People are starting. That's kind of one of my little missions too. Like I should probably talk about this more, but people are starting to question this thing of like, oh, you're, you're a better or more productive person. If you wake up at 5am, like that's just never, that's never been me. And I think it's not a lot of people. Some people will naturally wake up early in the morning and that's great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for some reason we've adopted that. Is it like an agrarian thing? I'm not really sure where that's come from, where it's like, yes, you know, 5am and, uh, you can still wake up at 11am. So I'm seeing more people talk about that and fully successful people talk about that. And yeah, it's, it's not really better or worse. I'm definitely, I'm a way more awake and creative afternoon for sure. And probably the most creative between like 11 and 1am. So, yeah. <laughs> I also heard before, and I, I don't know if this is more of like an esoteric thing, but depending on the time that you were born could also be like, that's like your time to be alive. And that's like kind of what I attribute to, because I was born at like 1.22am or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's just a little silly indicator. Too. That's really interesting. I've never heard about that. And it's possible. I was born around noon. So it's like, that would be a natural time for me to wake up, I guess. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like I, if I, I, some weeks I'll like end up waking up early and like every time I'm like, I feel like I got hit by a bus. This is not like the 5am, like great meditation that I'm supposed to be feeling. And like, I just, it's just worse. You could feel it, but I'm like, well, <laughs> Oh yeah. No, it's just like, it's never, I, I like rarely if I wake up early, am I like, oh, that was worth it. And that was great. And this is, this is like the thing to do. Like, it's never worth it. It's never like full on PTSD from like waking up early. So oh I'm the opposite. It's so funny. I feel like if I sleep in late, I just have the PTSD. I'm like, oh my gosh, what could have happened in those few hours? I could have been awake <laughs> taking care of the day, but that's, it's so yeah, funny. And do you, do you feel just really tired at night? Like you're like, I feel so much better, like nestled in bed, you know, early with a, but yeah. So I feel like other people have kind of that same version, but from staying up late, like, you know, pulling an all nighter or stay like, staying out partying really late would probably be the exact same, like terrible feeling for you. So yeah, people are just different. Yes. <laughs> um, this, this question is kind of inspired by that and also by Angelica and I's partnership, but I feel like something that could naturally be starting to happen is people being attracted together to highlight specific gifts that they're meant to bring to life. So for example, um, I have channel 14 and Jelka has channel two 
or sorry, gate. And so it forms that channel and it can bring to life something new. And so is that something that you think has always been happening? And maybe with human design, people will start to bring awareness to how to use that. Or do you think that as we start to become more conscious and aware, it's like, oh, I'm going to recognize this person on an energetic level, maybe an unconscious level that like together, we're going to be able to create something really beautiful out of like our unique talents and gifts. Cause the way our partnership started, it was kind of like, we knew each other, we were friends, but like, I think on a deeper level, we knew we could create something big. And if you look back, it's like, wow, you guys, <laughs> there wasn't a ton of logic in that. We just followed that gut feeling. And I think that was part of it. Like just recognizing that in each other. Yeah, I do think so. I, like you said, I do think it's something that's been happening forever. People just didn't understand why. And I think it will be happening more and more because not because you want to use the chart as like a, a religion, like, oh, this person has this skate, so I want them. But, but it kind of just, I think it just allows us to settle into those intuitive knowings that we have about things like, oh, I feel good about this person's energy, even if they're really different from me. Like I, some of my best collaborators are people whose charts are just so different from mine. But when you put them together, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can totally see why this works. And then conversely, it, I feel like previously you'd be like, oh, you know, this person on paper seems really great for what I'm looking for. But if your energy just doesn't feel right, then in the end, it's just not really going to be that great of a partnership. So yeah, I think it's just like empowering everyone to kind of go with those, those intuitive like feelings about people. And then we can use human design to kind of understand why they worked in the end. So. Yeah. But I think something else that's happening, and this could just be a personal thing for me, maybe you two are feeling it too, but I feel like the BS meter is set to a different level. Like, I feel like if I'm trying to be authentic about something and it's just not true for me, people pick it up so much easier versus maybe 10 years ago, I could have totally gotten away with it. And maybe it's just the people I'm surrounding myself with or something like that. But I do think it's more of a collective thing where it's getting really hard to not be more transparent about what you're feeling, what your desires are, what's bugging you. And I think that's really going to help move us forward because now people can sense it. They're less likely to just be like, okay, she said she's fine. I'm going to move on. It's like really holding you to, to share what's on your mind, what's on your heart. And I think that's where healing happens. So I see that as a really cool puzzle piece to all of this too. Yeah, I think so. I think overall people are getting harder to manipulate. Obviously there's still a lot of manipulation that goes on, but it's like, when you go through these healing processes, you just aren't like things that I know that in the past would have manipulated me so easily. I'm just like, Oh, I totally see through that. Like I want no part of that. So yeah, I think a lot of people are just starting to question those things. Like even the way that like people sell things and, um, just like the things that we're doing with our time and, and energy. It's like when, when it's not aligned, a lot more people now can, can feel that. And in a way it's like, I almost feel like when that's the case, those things, you just, they just kind of get hidden from you in a weird way. Like your reality kind of becomes different. And then when people are really fully aligned, you get like really pulled toward it. So it just kind of, I feel like you kind of, end up me like experiencing whatever is very similar to what you're experiencing inside. So it's like the more you kind of cultivate that in yourself, then all of a sudden it's like all of these different realities come in and you don't even have to worry about that old stuff anymore. But yeah, 
definitely the manipulation thing for sure is, is changing. And so companies and governments and all of these big hierarchies are going to have to answer to that. And I feel like they already are, are starting to have to, because people just, people have access to so many more things. My mind immediately goes to telepathy and like, we think about ETs and how they can like already read minds to be on there. Like if we're raising our vibration as a consciousness and we're getting towards that too, like, yeah, I feel like people are just like picking up on that so much like quicker. And like, even for my friends who are, you know, maybe not into like, so, so, so to say like spiritual definitions and stuff like that, like we're in a conversation and literally I'll, I'll be like, you know exactly what I'm going to say or like think, and like, we don't even need to talk about it anymore. And I feel like that's what's happening like on the grinder scale too. Totally. It's, it's really like whether, whether you are aware of it or interested in it or not, all of this stuff is happening and not everybody will be interested in the study of these things in the same way that we are. Like my partner, who's my twin flame, we did manage to eventually get together (laughs) and have a relationship. He is very different from me. Like he is he's a software engineer. He's into very physical things. He builds things with his hands. He builds bikes. He, he's just a a tech and physical minded person. I'm very different. We understand each other really well on a soul level and anything, nothing I say to him is particularly like shocking to him. He's just like, Oh yeah. Okay. But like, would he ever study this stuff? absolutely not zero interest. You know, it's like, he'll listen to it, to the, to the level that I'm wanting to tell him something and be engaged, but like he would never seek any of this out on his own. And so that's an important thing to remember too, is there's going to be, everyone's here for a different purpose. We can't have, like, we can't have everyone doing this kind of thing. And so everyone is benefiting from this, just like collective energy field. And, and yeah, basically like everyone's third eyes are opening, whether they're aware of it or not. And yeah, we're all kind of getting these like new powers and sensitivities and things. So it's cool. People don't have to know anything about it to have it. Yeah. What you described is so funny. That's me and my fiance too. He's like, he'll listen and not along. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, Rachel. <laughs> but I'm like, don't you want to listen to this podcast I just shared with you? And he's like, uh, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. We're just going to let that one go. I'll tell you all about it. No need to listen. <laughs> exactly. A lot of times people if they're not interested in the study of this thing, they just want to hear about it through us, which is exactly the way that I am with all the things he's interested in. I'm not going to go seek it out myself, but I would love to hear about it from him. So yeah, Yeah. that's sort of the role that we play with the people close to us, I guess. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Rachel, this has been so fun to just kind of dive into things that aren't here yet and make some predictions. I always think it's just fun to talk about the state of the world and the different lens through which we see them. So I appreciate you offering your insights and opinions. And it was so fun to sit with you today and you have an amazing blog. I love it for, it's such a good resource, especially if you're a sacral being a generator and manifesting generator, but also for other topics, you talk about a lot of other things on there too. So where can people read that? Um, learn more about you. You also have offerings beyond the blog, um, but basically just find you in general. Yeah, you can find me at puregenerators.com or on Instagram at puregenerators. Um, I have some courses, mostly things for generators and manifesting generators. Now I'm kind of expanding into more products and tools. So I have an Oracle deck. Obviously, that's for everybody. I made that a long time ago. Um, I'm looking to make a new Oracle deck. I'm making some like merch type things like sweatshirts and journals. So yeah, that's kind of the direction I'm going. Lots of fun lots of fun things to integrate into your everyday life. 
And yeah, the blog is kind of my, my main way of sharing just the things that, that I'm thinking questions that people are asking and that I want to share. And yeah, I also have some other kind of like secret projects and collaborations with other people in the human design community coming. So that's something to look forward to as well. Awesome. We will definitely be keeping our eyes peeled for that. That's so exciting. Um, Okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week for another episode of the Soulful Beta Show. Mm, Wasn't this episode so, so juicy? We just love diving deeper into a lot of these new topics that I think are all over Instagram, but getting a real expert to dive into them and to explore them. So please check out Rachel Pure Generators on Instagram. We follow her and we also are a part of her email newsletter. She has such great tips for human design and living in line to your energy type. And if you absolutely love this episode, please share with a friend or family member. And if you feel even more charmed, we would love it if you rated and reviewed on Apple Podcast. Screenshot your comment, send it to contact at soulfulveda.com and we will send you a free intuitive reading. All right, beauties, see you next time.